Heavenly Father, we pray that you would indeed speak to us now. We pray that you would help us to see who Jesus is. We pray that you would help us to follow him. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, boys and girl, and everyone else, I have some uh, jokes for you this morning to start off with. Okay, and they need audience participation. They need everyone to join in. Uh, So please don't leave me on my own. Knock, knock. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. Knock, knock. Cows go. No, 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 come on. You say cows go who? Come on, you know how this works. Let's start again. Knock, knock. Cows go. Okay, just so everyone knows how a knock-knock joke works. I say knock-knock, you say who's there. I say something, you repeat it and say who, and then I give the punchline. Okay? Okay? Now we know how that works. We'll try it again. Knock-knock. Cows go... No, 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 cows go moo. Sorry, that was ruined. Sorry. Next one. This might be better. Knock, knock. Little old lady. Who? I didn't know you could yodel. Okay, next one. This might be better, hopefully. Knock, knock. Etch. Oh, bless you. And here's the last one. Knock, knock. Who's there? Boo. Boo. There's no need to cry. It's only a joke. Sorry, they were probably terrible. But I love a good knock, knock joke. And maybe if you have a better one than mine, you can tell me it at the end of the service. But the idea behind a knock-knock joke is really simple. Or I thought it was. Someone arrives at the door and says, knock-knock. The person inside asks, who's there? And then the person says who they are. Says who is there. Someone arrives. The people ask who's there? And the person tells them. And our Bible reading today is a bit like a knock knock joke someone is arriving people are wondering who it is and then he tells them only it isn't a door that he's knocking it's a city the city of Jerusalem and we need to ask the question who's there who is it arriving at the city the person is Jesus, but in the story we're told three things about him, about who Jesus is, who is at the entrance to this city. Now today 
as we've heard, is Palm Sunday, the day that Jesus arrived in Jerusalem at this very day before he went to the cross on Good Friday, this coming Friday. And if you know how Family Fortunes works, have you ever seen Family Fortunes? If you know how it works. Um, what would be the top answers for things that you would expect to see on Palm Sunday? Shout them out. What would you expect to see on Palm Sunday? The first Palm Sunday when Jesus arrived into Jerusalem. What would you think of when you think of Palm Sunday? Anyone think? Who shouted out? A donkey, brilliant, yes, very good. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to that in a minute. So we will, what else? Anyone else? Palms, yeah. But did you notice that Luke doesn't actually mention any palms in the reading that Mark read for us earlier? There's no mention of palms. Now why is that? Well imagine something happened today in church. And you go home and tell someone else about it. Everyone would see things slightly differently. Everyone would remember things slightly differently. So John talks about the palm branches, the palm leaves that people waved and people put on the ground. But Luke doesn't mention it. Because the people who told him what happened didn't tell him about that. But you mentioned the donkey. Absolutely spot on. And we're told that when Jesus comes near those two villages, Bethphage and Bethany, he sends two disciples to go and bring a donkey to him. We'll see why in a little moment. But for now, look at what they're told to say whenever they're untying the donkey. You see that in verse 31? Jesus says, if anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Tell him the Lord needs it. Jesus is first of all the Lord. He's the one in charge. He's the ruler of the universe. He is Lord of all. And yet he needs a donkey. So when the donkey is brought to him. uh, And sorry we weren't able to uh, get a donkey this morning. Imagine having a donkey in church. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't it? We'd need to make sure the carpet was well covered. Uh, So we would. Um, But whenever the donkey is brought to Jesus, uh, Jesus gets on it. And some people uh, put their coats on the donkey for him to sit on. And other people put their coats on the road for the donkey to walk over. It's a bit like uh, if the queen was coming somewhere, you'd, you'd put her out a red carpet. Uh, for the queen uh, so that she didn't have to walk uh, on the road and so they move along the road Jesus is on the donkey until they come to the Mount of Olives and just as the hill goes downwards and the city of Jerusalem is in front of them uh, the disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen Over the past few years, we've worked our way through Luke's gospel. We've seen blind people given their sight. We've seen lame people being able to walk. We've seen deaf people being able to hear. We've seen dead people given back their life. And the disciples sing and shout. And look at what they say in verse 38. 
they say, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. They're answering the knock-knock question by saying that Jesus is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, who comes sent by God on God's behalf. That's why Jesus is riding on the donkey. He's acting out the promise of Zechariah 9 at which we opened our service with. He was saying that he is the true king, that he is coming in peace. Now some in the crowd didn't like what the disciples were saying. They thought that the disciples were wrong to call Jesus a king. They didn't see Jesus as Lord or King. They just saw him as teacher. Verse 39. They say, teacher, rebuke your disciples. Tell your class to be quiet. Have you ever had the principal come to your, or the head teacher come to your class and tell your teacher off? That you've been making too much noise in class. Be quiet. Do something less noisy. Tell them to stop saying these silly things. But do you see what Jesus says? He says, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Have you ever heard a stone shouting? Hmm? A stone in the garden or a stone uh, that maybe your house is built with. Or maybe you know, one of the stones in the wall here. Have you ever heard them shouting out? No? Me neither. But Jesus says that if everyone was silent. If everyone on that day stopped singing God's praises. Then the stones would cry out and praise God instead. Because it's such an important day. Now why is that? Why would the stones cry out? Remember what we've seen so far. Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is the King. But Jesus is more than both of these. Now imagine you were there on that day. And the crowds are shouting their praises. And Jesus is on the donkey. And he's coming into the city. And everyone is shouting It would be a bit like um, a football match that your team is winning. Like Mark the other night when Liverpool beat Man United on aggregate and went through. I'm sure there was some shouting in in your house, was there? Yeah? Yeah. Not so much in my dad's house, I have to say. But, um, yeah. So imagine that kind of victory, that uh, cheering and, and shouting. But imagine that the camera focuses in on Jesus. And the camera zooms in and you can see Jesus up close. You'd think he would be happy. You'd think he'd have a big smile on his face. He has a a big crowd of people cheering him along, singing praise to God. He's coming as the true king. But look at verse 41. It says, as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. Jesus is crying on this happy day. He sees the city and he bursts into tears. 
why is that? Why is Jesus crying on what should be a really happy day? Jesus knows what's about to happen. He knows that even though everyone is cheering for him as king today, in just a few days everyone will turn against him. They'll not shout out Hosanna anymore. They'll shout out crucify. They'll want to get rid of Jesus. Jesus is coming to bring peace. And if the city accepted him, then they would have peace. But instead they reject him. They say no to Jesus. They don't want him. And in the end, Jesus knows that will lead to trouble. The city will fall, the enemies will come against it, the whole thing will be destroyed. Now why will this happen? Look at verse 44. They will not leave one stone on another. Because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Do you see what Jesus is saying here? He has said that he is the Lord, that he is the King. But now Jesus is saying that he is God. Jesus isn't just a teacher, as the Pharisees thought. Jesus isn't just a good man, as some people think. Knock, knock. Who's there? Jesus. Jesus the Lord, Jesus the King, but Jesus who is God. And Jesus knocked on the door of Jerusalem, but they didn't want him. They put him to death, they got rid of him, they they didn't want to let him in. And Jesus comes to us as well. To this church. To our homes. To us as individuals. He knocks on the door of our hearts. Will we reject him like Jerusalem and want nothing to do with him? Or will we welcome him in and sing his praise. And do what he asks us. And receive the peace that only he can give us. Because he came to live for us and to die for us on the cross. Knock, knock. Who's there? Jesus, the Lord, the King, and God. Will you open the door and let him in? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he came to this world to be our saviour. We thank you that he comes to each one of us and knocks on the door of our hearts. We pray that you would help us to receive him as our king. To follow him as our Lord. And to worship him as our God. We pray this in his precious name.
Amen.